Hey, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is um, it is actually the 8th of November, uh, 2020, and it's 12.15 in the morning. Yes, I'm Michigana today. I um, I have something uh, to bring to light, something that's been on my mind for a long time and something that seems to be manifesting itself uh, in our in our nation uh, these last uh, couple of weeks and uh, continues to do so. And I need to bring it to light so that you can um, you can hear what I have to say, first of all, and then maybe you can build on it and um, and see that uh, uh, what, what a possible future could be um, either come January 20th, which I hope not, or um, after Trump has a second term. Um, Remember, what goes around comes around, and people that are slighted don't, um, or that think they're slighted, I should say, uh, don't forget things. And we're being reminded of that on a daily basis, almost, with the way people are acting, thinking that Joe Biden has uh, won this election, but that is still to be determined by courts, because um, it appears that there's been a lot of cheating, a lot of fraud, and everything else. We talked about that last night, and... Um, Tonight, um, at uh, 6.30, Brian's going to be coming on with me. We're going to talk further about some things that are going on. So I don't want to go into too much tonight uh, because I don't want to ruin that. Brian's actually had a feeling or a word from the Lord, and and I want him to share that with us. And um, and I tend to agree with what, uh, what, he's, what he's going to share tonight. So that'll be at 6.30 on Sunday evening. Um, again, that's, I guess that's the eighth, just like it is right now, since it's after midnight. So, uh, we'll be doing that show live so you can come and listen to that if you want to and, and participate in a chat room. Uh, everybody's always welcome to do that. And on Monday night, we're doing a show with Russ Tanner and Laura Clement on, uh, chemtrails, um, a lot of new things that Russ is going to present about the chemtrails themselves. And Russ and Laura will be talking about ways to cleanse your body from heavy metals uh, that are uh, released into the atmosphere and taken into our body naturally through breathing and drinking of water and things like that. Um, uh, we're being poisoned from the air and, and, and other places, and uh, Russ is going to Tell us about that, and uh, there are remedies for it. There are ways to get that heavy metal out of your body. So anyway, um, without further ado, um, I would like to tonight, and this has been on my mind for a long time. This has been on my mind since, uh, I would say, since Obama first was elected back in 2000 and still late in 2007, right? He got in in 2008, or was he elected in 2008 and got in in 2009? I don't remember. Um, it's a part of uh, the history of this nation. I'd rather not remember right now. Um, but anyway, um, 1930s Germany is very similar to what we're going through in the United States today in, in many, many, many ways. And... Um, if you remember what happened after 1930s Germany, uh, World War II happened and and people were thrown into concentration camps and killed. And I have a vested interest in that, um, especially nowadays since I'm, I'm a, a Jewish person that believes in Jesus and is uh, conservative in nature. So I have three strikes against me. And if anybody... Um, that hated Trump and, or hates Christians because Christians support Trump and hate Jews, uh, I'll, you know, I'm going to be right in front of the line. So um, anyway, I, I just want to um, uh, what we're going to do tonight is I'm going to read from a couple of articles because I'm lazy and I didn't feel like writing. OK, I will cite the articles and, um, and give credit where credit's due. Um, cause I always do that cause I've had my work stolen too. And I don't like it when my work is stolen. So, um, I'm not going to steal somebody's work. I'm not going to plagiarize. I'm going to give credit where credit's due. Anyway, um, there was a period of Germany. Um, uh, Europe has always been a mess. <laughs> it's been a mess since the Roman empire. Um, uh, even when the Roman empire was around, it was a mess, but, uh, there were constant wars. Rome was constantly trying to take over Europe. 
all of Europe. Um, they were stopped at the Rhine River and uh, by the Germanic hordes and uh, never really progressed much farther than that. Um, and they never progressed much farther than the Danube River in the east. Um, in Europe, that is, and in uh, in the Asia, in the Middle East, they went a lot farther east, uh, right to the borders of uh, uh, what we now know as India. So uh, anyway, uh, throughout history, you know, Europe's been a mess. Um, a lot of it had to do with Catholicism, Roman Catholicism, or, or the Vatican, shall I say, because there's a lot of Roman Catholics out there that are very nice people, and I don't want to indict them by uh, associating them with what the Vatican has done over the uh, centuries or the millennia. Uh, a lot of uh, Catholics are unwilling pawns that are just following tradition, um, like so many people do in so many religions. So um, anyway, um, so, you know, along comes the, uh, the 1900 and then um in the second decade of the 1900s, we had World War One. Uh, that was precipitated by Germany. There's no doubt about that. Actually, it was precipitated by the big bankers who wanted to make a lot of money off of war. Um, and Ralph Epperson goes into that profusely in, in his works that uh, we've talked about with him. And and you can go back and listen to those shows Um it's it's quite complicated how the big banks, uh, the uh, the national banks have uh, have ruined our lives and our countries and our societies and caused numerous unnecessary wars, uh, just so they can make money off the wars. Um, but anyway, uh, after World War One ended, uh, something emerged. Well, actually, it it, it survived through. Uh, no, it started in 1918, I'm sorry. Um, uh, right after the war, it was called the Weimar Republic. Some people say the Weimar Republic. Um, and uh, I'm just going to read directly from Wikipedia because it's pretty accurate. I'm, not gonna, I'm only going to go down like three paragraphs and that's it. I'm not going to read the whole thing because we'd be here all night learning about the Weimar Republic and we don't want to do that. We want to look at the parallels between um, Germany of the 1930s and uh, the United States uh, in the 21st century. Uh, the Weimar Republic, it says, uh, uh, officially the German uh, Reich, Deutsches Reich, uh, also referred to as the German Republic or Deutsches Republik, uh, was a German federated state from 1918 to 1933. As a term, it was an officially historical destina- uh, designation that derives the, its name from the, the city of Weimar, or Weimar, as the case may be, uh, where its const- constituent assembly took, first took place. The official name of the republic remained the German Reich, as it had been during the uh, German, uh, German Empire because the German tradition of substates. Uh, the Reich was changed from constitutional monarchy into a republic. In uh, English, the country was usually known simply as Germany, and the Weimar Republic name became mainstream um, only in the 1930s. And the third paragraph, which is a little longer. Uh, Germany became a de facto republic on the 9th of November 1918 when Kaiser Wilhelm II abdicated the German and Prussian thrones with no agreement made on the succession by his son, Crown Prince Wilhelm, and became a de jure republic in February 1919 when the position of president of Germany was created. A national assembly was convened in Weimar where a new constitution for Germany was written and adopted on the 11th of August 1919. It is a four in its 14 years the Weimar Republic faced numerous problems including hyperinflation, uh, political extremism uh, with contending paramilitaries as well as contentious relationship with the victors of the First World War. Resentment in Germany towards the Treaty of Versailles was strong, especially on the political right, where um, 
there was a great anger towards those who had submitted to the treaty. The Weimar Republic uh, fulfilled most of the requirements of the Treaty of Versailles, although it never completely met its disarmament requirements and eventually paid only a small portion of the war reparations by twice restructuring its debt through the Dawes Plan and the Young Plan. Under the Locomo uh, treaties, Germany agreed to the western borders of the country by accepting the irredentist claims of France and Belgium, but continued to dispute its eastern borders and sought to persuade Austria to join Germany, which had been part of it during the German Confederation of 1815 to 1866. Okay, not going to go any further into that. You get an idea of why it was called the Weimar Republic or the Weimar Republic. And um, and then as we read farther on uh, in some of these, these two articles that I'm going to read, it's going to refer to the Weimar Republic a couple times, so this way you'll have an idea of what it's referring to. Um, and you're not left in the dark going, gee, what was the Weimar Republic? You never told me. So pardon me while I get a sip of coffee. It's uh, tw- almost 1230 in the morning. And um, this I'm going to be up for a little while. So I need this really bad. Hold on a sec. Hopefully I'll be able to finish that before it gets too cold. So I'll be taking breaks uh, here and there. Okay. Now this first article comes from the Daily Beast, and it's a it comes from Great Britain, but um, it, it kind of takes both sides, uh, the uh, liberal side and the conservative side of what's happening here in the states. So I kind of really like this article. Um, there may be parts of it when I read it, you're going to go, ah, no, that's not right. Well, yeah, I did the same thing, but you know, when you look at anything, you got to look at both sides. Okay, to be fair. Um, even when dealing with people, you got to try to figure them out before you get mad at them because maybe they had a bad day, right? Maybe they got in a fight with their wife or husband or um, they were late for work and got in trouble from their boss. So, you, you know, you kind of got to give everybody the benefit of the doubt a little bit anyway. So um, anyway, this is an opinion article. As I said, it was written in the Daily Beast. And I'll give you the particulars here. Is the is America about to suffer its Weimar moment? It's a question. And uh, it's, I guess it's in their deja vu section. Um, is, as happened in Germany, are we we are seeing the collapse of any set of common beliefs among Americans? And it was written by Joel Kotkin, updated December 31st, 2019, 3 o'clock a.m. Eastern Time, published December 30th, 2019. 4.47 a.m. Eastern Time. Okay. And again, it was in the opinion section. It's got a nice picture of President Trump standing in front of the American flag with a large crowd behind him. Nobody wearing masks. Um, which I'm happy about. Um, anyway, I'll, I'll begin the article. And I'll be ad-libbing every once in a while. I'll let you know when I do that. Um, so let's start. The question, is America about to suffer its Weimar moment, culminating in a collapse of its Republican institutions? Our democracy may be far more rooted than that of Germany's first republic, which fell in 1933 to Adolf Hitler, but there are disturbing similarities. A polarized, polarizing would be would be despot as a national leader, rising anti-Semitism and out-of-control of bureaucracy, a politicized media and an educate and, and and excuse me, politicized media and an education system. Boy, that was hard to say for some reason. And uh, economically stressed middle class widespread dalliance with extremist ideologies and the rise of armed militant groups, America's descent into authoritarianism is far from preordained, but the reality remains that it could happen here and perhaps already is. Okay. As happened in Germany, we are seeing the collapse of any set of common beliefs among Americans. Boy, isn't that the truth? Um, before the first votes are, before the first votes are case in 
2020, the majority of Americans already believe that uh, we are two-thirds of the way to being at the edge of civil war. Uh, that, to me, is very a pessimistic place, says uh, Mo Elifeli, the executive director of Georgetown University's Institute of Politics and Public Service. In Weimar, Germany, the prospects of civil war were greater, by far, as the institutions of the young Republicans were never fully accepted by the old monarchist elites, the military, the industrial, or the far left, notably the communist. In comparison, American institutions may be battered, but have more than 200 years of street cred. Even far-left uh, politician likes politicians like the members of the socialist squad still try to wrap themselves in the American flag rather than wave their own symbol as occurred in Germany when the Nazis waved the swastika and the communists their Dairotfana. I'm assuming that's the, the hammer and sickle. Okay. Yet uh, there are still uh, disturbing parallels, for example, in the often lenient treatment of violent protesters, whether on the streets or on the campuses. When barbarian judges gave Hitler a light sentence for his 1923 beer hall pooch, they uh, treated treason against the Republic as a minor offense. Sound familiar? Uh, Nazism was particularly strong at the universities, uh, which became a powerful base for the party and a supplier of its special, uh, specialist commanders and scientists. In Germany, as here, anti-Republican sentiments were not confined to the deplorables, but were also widely shared as histor historian Frederick Spatz is detailed by many painters, poets, filmmakers, and sculptors, at least those not Jewish or openly communist. Many cre uh, creatives were thrilled by Hitler's dream that blood and race will once more be the source of artistic institution. As an inflation-devastated generation lost faith in the values of compromise, reasonably uh, re responsibility and justice, excuse me, uh, the parallel with the assault on free speech and discussion in our at our campuses are disturbing. I'm beginning to wonder if maybe I should have put this off till tomorrow, but I'm into it now, so I'm going to keep going. Um, in America, too, respect for the main institutions of our society, corporations, banks, Congress, the presidency, religion, the media, and academia has declined over the decades. Only 10% of Americans feel that the federal government is suited to meet the, challenge, the challenges before it. 40% feel it is totally incapable, a percentage roughly twice that in 1970. Pardon me. These feelings are strongest significantly uh, among the younger generation. Recent revelations about the Afghan conflict and the military's systematic lying about it are not likely to boost confidence. Under these circumstances, it's not surprising that respect for the basic folk ways of our republic has disappeared, even at the highest level of society. President Trump, with his all-too-evident lack of knowledge on how the system works, is a classic authoritarian personality who identifies uh, those who oppose him, like the media, as enemies of the people. Well, he's right. Ad-lib. Uh, some fear that Trump is weaponizing the, the courts to go after his, component, his opponents in the bureaucracy and the military, just as Hitler and other dictators once did. Well, here, I'm going to add something. Every wise man that governs knows that you keep the military on your side. Okay, and Trump does have the military on his side. And he has the police forces on his side, too. So um, he's wise in that aspect. He's not fighting them. He's keeping them on his side. Okay, I'll continue. But if Trump is nauseating and dangerous, so are his critics. From the moment of his election, a large part of the entrenched establishment in the military, the court systems, the FBI and the CIA, as well as large parts of the old GOP establishment, have sought to violate their oaths so that they can undermine his rule. 
Even the foreign policy establishment has been weaponized against the current administration and waged war by other means against the sitting president. Despite claiming to be the protectors of American values, many progressive politicians, remember that progressive means communist, many progressive politicians now display their contempt for constitutional norms by calling for packing the Supreme Court, eliminating the Electoral College, and even overhauling the Senate to favor more populist urban states. Calls by leading Democrats for establishing states of emergency, particularly to address climate issues, eerily reprise similar practices toward the end of Weimar, which helped to set up the logic for Hitler's dictatorship. And boy, if you want to see states of emergency, you should be here in Oregon, where our governor believes that she can declare a state of emergency for anything and bypass the legislature. And so far, she's gotten away with it. Um, for the most part, it's been stopped on a couple of things. But, um, you know, uh, when, when you control the legislature here in Oregon and when you have put your own people in the Supreme Court, you can pretty well get away with anything. And the will of the people is not uh, adhered to. Anyway, getting back to the article, uh, Germany's descent into Nazism was propelled by theories that define nationhood entirely as a function of race. Weimar's lifting of restrictions on groups like Jews and tolerance for other groups like gays and gypsies were widely seen as dissipating German culture. The electrifying open culture of Weimar Germany in the 1920s, its breakthroughs in movies, music, fashion, gender roles, and architecture still astound us, but as historian Peter Gay suggests, that was a precarious glory, a dance at the edge of a volcano. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that's something you don't want to do, right? See what they're doing here is they're trying to make it sound like the liberals have brought Trump into power. Um, yes, that may be true to some degree, but um, it doesn't mean that he is Hitler or Hitler is Trump and they're far from from each other. Um, anyway. That's, I explained to you, that's where this article goes both ways. Um, so anyway, it's, this is him being a, uh, a leftist writing that. Anyway, whether here or in Weimar Germany, racial obsessiveness is a dagger aimed at the central premise of democracy, the notion that all citizens are equal and should be treated as individuals. America's history is largely defined by the continual struggle to expand basic rights to outsider groups, starting in the 19th century with the Irish, Jews, Germans, Poles, Italians, and a host of other Europeans, and later uh, to African Americans, as well as non-whites from Asia and Latin America. This often painful racial progress is now being squandered. Donald Trump is no Adolf Hitler. Well, good. I'm glad he said that. Donald Trump is no Adolf Hitler in belief or political effectiveness, but his sometimes vicious comments about Muslims and Hispanics have been seized upon by white nationalists as justifying their racist point of view. I disagree with him there. He hasn't come out uh, with anything mean about Muslims and Hispanics. He's just protecting the country. Um, and it's not just Hispanics, it's illegal alien Hispanics and Muslims that are uh, militarized to come into this country and and um, conduct uh, jihad. Anyway, getting back to the article, uh, Trump's mistaken refusal to fully denounce the alt-right activist of Charlottesville's 2017 Unite to Right rally displayed a terrifying ignorance or perhaps a wink and a nod toward their agenda. Well, I don't agree with that either, but we'll, we'll keep going here. Perhaps in response, Trump's opponents also seem determined to play the race card. This is the most evident in the racial identitarianism in vogue in the media and on many college campuses where schools have held a day of absence asking white students to leave campus and where African-American activists now demand separate, li separate living places. Perhaps most shocking, um, 
as occurred in Weimar, America's campuses have become hotbeds of anti-Semitism, often promoted by pro-Palestinian groups. A look at public opinion in America shows that older and conservative Republican voters have the highest estimation of both Jews and Israel. In contrast, the most negative views of both Zionism and Jews are found among the key constituencies of the progressive left, minorities, and the young. Okay. City College distinguished uh, professor of, of history, Eric White's, this ought to be good. He's a college professor in a city. Um, has described the proletarianization of the middle class as one of the precipitating causes of the rise of the Nazis. Germany's middle ranks were pummeled first by the great inflation of the early 1920s that undermined savings and bankrupt many small businesses. Even during the recovery in the mid-1920s, many felt threatened by large corporations, chain stores, and increasingly militant working class. When the Great Depression hit, many feared that they would soon join the propertyless proletariat. Let me get another sip of coffee, please. Ah, it keeps you going, folks. The Depression set for the set the stage for the final battle between the Nazis and the Communists. The Communists, following Stalin's orders, refused to work with with uh, liberals or social democrats and offered only a Soviet model largely unacceptable to the aspiring middle class. For most middle class Germans, as one Nazi spokesman put it, only National Socialism still had the strength to drag the mired cart out of the muck. See, when you're not left with too many choices, you have to pick the lesser of two evils, I guess, but the lesser, I don't think either one was a lesser of two evils, actually, you know, on a scale of one to ten, both of them are a ten when it comes to it being um, debase. I'm talking about communism and Nazism. Okay, return to the article. The contemporary American middle class has not suffered the close to suffered close to the inflation disaster inflicted on the German counterparts in the 1920s, much less anything approaching the misery of the Great Depression. But the middle class, the middle orders, excuse me, but the middle orders here have shrunk for at least a generation, according to Pew, and their share of households dropped from 61% in 1971 to 52% in 2016, while the ranks of both the poor and the rich expanded. Today, a majority of American parents now think that their children will do worse than them, while most young people, according to uh, DeLouette, um, agree their futures under the current system will be sharply limited. A pupil Full, a Pew poll finds the 43% of the millennials feel positive about the word socialism compared to just 14% of the people over 50. Like their German counterparts in the 1930s, many young people convinced the system is not working for them, searched out extreme solutions, including on the right, including on the right. Um, among white youths, Trump beat Clinton and could win this constituency again in 2020. And he probably would have if there hadn't been cheating and an election fraud. Okay, the coming presidential election could exacerbate these divides and to the breaking point, particularly if these groups on each side decide to crash the rallies of the other in search of confrontations. There is today, as in the Weimar uh, Germany, uh, what one scholar calls the perverse alliance between extremists who share little but an intolerance of others and a disdain for the constitutional norms. A progressive win next year, speaking of now, carried with its economic and environmental policies in that light, uh, policies that might devastate the country's heartland would accentuate the paranoia and even militarization among the Trump base. 
uh, they may they may well see the unsuccessful election said amidst a totally partisan impeachment as part of a relentless attempt to overthrow the results of the 2016 contest. They would re- uh, resent progressive moves to ban fracking that would cause enormous uh, economic pain in places like Texas, where the practice has produced as many as one million well-paid jobs, West Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and North Dakota. This guy was almost prophetic in nature here. <laughs> Um, Trump himself suggests uh, we might see some violence during or after the election, an assertion highlighted by the once prestigious, now reliable resistance mouthpiece, the New Republic. Well, you want to talk about a communist rag. Um, After all, Trump supporters are more likely to have guns, military and police training. I have the tough police, but they don't play it tough until they go get to a certain point, he says, uh, and then it would be very bad, very bad. Um, well, you know, you can only push people so far, and then they're going to push back. Sorry, but that's the way it is. Okay, I continue on. It's also easy to see the consequences of a Trump victory. There will be mass protest marches. As of 2016, that could easily turn violent. Uh, the specter of ideological groups battling things out in the streets is all too ev- evocative um, of the violence that undermined the Weimar Republic. In fact, the Antifa movement here uh, traces its roots to the communist brawlers, Antifa Scheisterreich action uh, during the Weimar, who lost the battle on the streets to the Nazis, Later on, they cooperated with the Orwellian state in East Germany. As as respect for conventions and institutions weakened, belief in the common American identity and our political system disintegrates, and the specter of what followed Weimar looms. So, I'm telling you, very interesting article. Uh, The Weimar Republic, uh, I remember seeing pictures of... uh, when they had hyperinflation, uh, somebody was bringing a barrel of money, a wheelbarrow of money, uh, I think, to get a loaf of bread. That's how bad the inflation was. That's pretty dang bad. Okay. Here's an article uh, by Town Hall. It's in the column, columnist section, the opinion section. Uh, let's see. Um, it's article is called is America starting down the road down the path of Nazi Germany written by Wayne Allen Root uh, posted June 21st 2020 at 1201 a.m. and it says here the is expressed by columnists (laughs) columnists sounds like communists doesn't it Um, are are their own and do not necessarily represent the views of townhall.com it starts out with a picture of police standing in a line with look, it looks like a Molotov cocktail exploding in front of them. Must have been taken in Portland. Beautiful Portland, whose motto is keep Portland weird. Okay. And how are we doing on time here? Oh, we're down to 33 minutes. We might be able to keep this below an hour. That would be nice. Get to bed at a certain, a good time. Okay. He starts the article, I cannot express how truly sad writing this op-ed has made me, but I'm a patriotic American and I'm an American Jew. Interesting. I have studied the beginnings of Nazi Germany and the Holocaust, and I can clearly see parallels with what's happening in America today. Thank God we have President Trump at the moment, in parentheses, keeping us from heading too far down this tragic path. But I must warn my fellow Americans that we are clearly heading in a frightening and tragic direction. Another prophetic warning. Hmm. Uh, I don't, excuse me, he says, I know I'm not alone. A recent poll shows 80% of the American public believes things are spiraling out of control. I never thought I'd write the following words about about living in America. Those caught in the middle of the recent protests in American cities, especially those seeing their businesses looted, burned, and destroyed, seeing police stations burned or seized by radicals, 
or seeing your town, your town's downtown district, business district taken hostage by thugs, finally understand how Jews felt in Nazi Germany during the infamous Kristallnacht. This is exactly how it started in in Nazi Germany all those decades ago. And he highlights some things and bullet points. Windows shattered, stores looted and burned. Black shirts roam in the streets, demanding people kneel at their feet. Uh, bullet point three, censorship, book burning, snitching by neighbors and co-workers. Uh, number four, media propaganda and manipulation. Number five, the police and the good people doing nothing to help. You know, the snitching is just the one that really gets me because, you know, you can't, um, you can't go to a local establishment without your mask. There's, the store owners should be allowed to do what they want to do, you know, and if a store owner feels that he wants to keep his clientele happy and not have them wear masks, then that should wait, should be the way it is. But, you know, like the store we have next door, we have to wear masks when we go in there. And every once in a while, I or somebody else will forget a mask and I'll have to stop and walk home and get my mask or something like that. And, and uh, it just makes for a pain in the ass, actually. Um, there's a woman that lives across the street that I know watches the store and would not um, doubt one moment that she would uh, dial the police up and say that there's people without masks in the store. Um, I've been there when uh, men have come uh, and parked, parked, you know, come in and and uh, somebody might be in there without a mask because they forgot it. And the guy says, oh, wait a minute, that person doesn't have a mask on. I'm leaving, you know, and it's like the rest of us want to tell them, don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you, you know. Um, I mean, there's no need to be that way. You know, it, that's that's an alarmist thing that the. Well, you know, the guy can't help it because he's probably a liberal moron that believes everything that the press tells him. Uh, this this virus isn't as bad as everybody's cracking it up to be, as far as I'm concerned. I'm thinking that I probably had it back in um, early June, and um, yes, I was sick, but I didn't uh, I didn't die. I have a lot of uh, precursors to dying. Um, I'm overweight. I have a heart condition, I have asthma, all things that work against people that had COVID, but I'm still alive and I'm talking on the radio. And you'll notice every once in a while I'll get out of breath when I'm talking. I have to stop between sentences like that and and um, take a breath. But uh, aside from that and, and slight fevers every once in a while, um, I think I'm in pretty darn good shape. Um Okay, the article continues, amazingly, it's happening here today and far too many political leaders, media and good people are telling us it's uh, it's acceptable. All of us are experiencing some aspect of this dark period in American history. And he's got some more bullet points. One of them is many of us don't fly American flags in our homes. We don't dare put a Trump sign on our lawn or uh, in our store window, or put a Trump bumper sticker on our car for fear of violence or vandalism. As a matter of fact, I had my my, uh, signs stolen uh, election night. And when I brought it up in the forum for our local town downtown, seven miles from here, boy, some of the remarks, you know, I received, you wonder how how society still makes it. (laughs) You know, it's... But some of the remarks and, and the people that have have given those remarks, um, you know, you understand why why aliens don't come to Earth and ask for intelligent life, especially if they landed down in Sweet Home. Um, anyway, uh, he goes on, and on TV we see supposedly rational and respected people calling us racist solely because of the color of our skin. Our free speech is monitored, censored, shadow banned, and outright banned by those who control social media. As someone who's been put in Facebook jail several times and has had a a Twitter account removed from me, um, I understand that totally. Um, And I'm nothing compared to some of the things I've seen the liberals put on there. 
But again, you know, they're liberals and they're allowed to do what they want to do. Um, let's see. Okay, next one. Um, our great American history is being destroyed, denigrated, or erased. Radicals are toppling the statues of George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Abraham Lincoln, and even abolitionists, heroes who bravely fought against slavery. Uh, next point, a uh, black NASCAR driver can wrap his car with a Black Lives Matter wrap, but the, an NBA announcer loses his job for tweeting All Lives Matter, and a Philadelphia newspaper editor is forced to resign for writing Buildings Matter too, to his, as his city burns. NFL superstar quarterback Drew Brees is forced to beg for forgiveness for saying that he will always stand for our national anthem. College football coach Mike Grundy is forced to beg for forgiveness from his players for wearing a T-shirt with the, with the name of a conservative One America News Network, which is a very good news network, by the way. If you can get it on your television, uh, get rid of Fox and everything else and watch ONN, OANN. Um, we don't watch Fox in this house anymore. Um, the minute that they started believing Joe Biden was going to win the election, they started kissing his rear end and they were falling over each other to do it. And, uh, just goes to show you where Fox News stands. Um, okay. And the last uh, bullet point, demented never Trumper Rick Wilson tried to destroy Domino's Pizza for thanking a prominent Trump supporter for a compliment on its pizza in a, in a corporate tweet in 2012 before Trump even got into politics. <laughs> so it's been going on for a while. Okay. Uh, when did America lose its freedom of speech and expression? When did we decide to erase all of our history? Isn't that what ISIS does? Open your eyes. And that's in capital letters. Uh, study what happened in Nazi Germany during the infamous Kristallnacht, the night of November 9th and 10th, 1938, marked the beginning of the Nazis' attack on the Jews. Jewish homes and businesses were looted, desecrated, and burned, while the, pe- pe- the police and the good people, in parentheses, um, or quotation marks, excuse me, stood by and watched. Nazis laughed and cheered as books were burned. The name Kristallnacht refers to the litter of broken glass, exactly the same as what we saw take place in major American cities over the past few weeks. How did they compare? See the blocks of boarded up businesses all over Manhattan. See 700 buildings damaged, burned and destroyed in Minneapolis. See downtown Seattle run by a war, by a warlord and armed domestic terrorists with AR-15s. In Paris this week, protesters chanted dirty Jews. The Marxist mayor of New York City has joined tens of thousands as a, at a Black Trans Lives Matter um, event. I'm sorry, I don't, I don't mean to laugh at that, but it's like, it. what's next? You know, the color of their T-shirts or white, white tennis shoes. Is this going to be Black Trans Lives with purple t-shirts and white white tennis shoes matter um you know when does it end um anyway he attended that event in brooklyn while ordering parks and playgrounds for orthodox jewish children welded shut today's version of the book burning is hbo max banning gone with the wind a photo of winston churchill disappearing from google hollywood canceling cops and live live pd Yes, all that happened, all that happened in just a few weeks. You may not have heard about it because it was scarcely reported by the mainstream propaganda media. Never forget the famous Holocaust lesson. After they've come for me, they will come for you and there will be no one left to stop them. That's kind of a paraphrase, but that's what it says. Anyway, trust me, they're coming off for all of us. Isn't that interesting? Trust me, they're coming for all of us. And if Biden gets in there, which I don't think is going to happen, but if, you know, one chance in 10 billion happens and Trump does not succeed, uh, get ready because all hell's going to break loose. And all those FEMA camps that we're told don't exist are all of a sudden going to exist and uh, coming to a theater near you.
Okay, he continues. He says, they, he says, trust me, they're coming for us. They won't stop. This will not, this will only get worse and out of control unless we draw a line in the sand, stand up to the bullies, fight them tooth and nail, and stop them now. And it goes on to say that Wayne Allen Rood is a CPO, entrepreneur, best-selling author, nationally syndicated talk show host on the USA Radio Network at 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. EST or Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. To find out more about Wayne Allen Root and read features by other creators, syndicate writers, and cartoonists, visit the Creator Syndicate website at www.creators.com. And there's an editor's note down here. I guess we should read that, too. Um, editor's note. Want to support Town Hall so we can keep reporting about the, the truth about Antifa and the insane left's plot to defund the police? Join Town Hall VIP and use the promo code Law and Order and to get 25% off the VIP membership. And down at the bottom, you can take a poll and other things. So anyway, um, you know, I've been preaching this for years. <laughs> Years and years, and this was about the time that um, that Obama got into office, and maybe even before that, um, I was saying that the United States had started to look like Nazi Germany in the 1930s, and um, by golly, it is, and it seems like every week or every day it's getting more to be that way. Um, and I'm telling you, this this next persecution that's going to happen isn't just going to be Jews. If it's going to be Jews at all, it's going to be your everyday Christian. Um, if you're Christians, you need to wake up because uh, there is a persecution coming to uh, to your front door or persecutor coming to your front door. And they're going to drag you out in the middle of the night and throw you in a concentration camp. Or put you on a train with others to take you there. Um, this thing has happened before, and history repeats itself constantly. And we don't learn that because we don't study history, or a lot of you don't. Um, it's um, a lot of you think you're going to be whisked away by a rapture before that happens. Well, I got news for you. <laughs> um, persecution like that happens in China every day to Christians. In India, in in Pakistan, in Iran, in Turkey, and uh, they're nothing special. Um, we're nothing special compared to them, I should say. And uh, to think that uh, the uh, that a a soiled bride is going to be whisked up into heaven um, to meet Jesus in the air. I think is a mistake. I think uh, purification is needed through persecution, and it's going to happen. Okay. Um, not saying that the rapture isn't going to happen. It's going to happen. It's the blessed hope. Um, I think it's going to happen a little later than most people are counting on, and I just hope that a lot of you, if you believe in a pre-trib rapture, that you don't get caught up in it so much that you uh, lose faith when a persecution starts, because there will be persecution. Um, if Donald Trump gets in this second term, which it looks like it may happen, especially if he wins the court battle and there's enough proof to show that there's been all kinds of corruption and all kinds of law breaking on the side of the Democrats, uh, in a political counting machine of ballots. Um, uh, if he gets in back in, then, um, uh, there's going to be a lot of problems, of course, um, because, you know, we've the bees nest has been stirred up, so to speak. I wouldn't call them bees. Bees are productive. Uh, let's say hornets. Um, hornets nest has been stirred up and the hornets are going to be pissed off and they're going to come after anybody and anybody that they can. Um, if Trump gets in uh, after he gets out, there's going to be another election. OK. And um, beg, borrow or steal. They might do what they did again this election. Only more with more sophistication and craftiness, uh, not with the stupidity that they're doing nowadays. Um, and you're going to have liberals that are even more pissed off than they are right now. And if you think that uh, 
they're calling for uh, the heads of Christians. Uh, just wait. Um, there was an article. Don't know if I still have it. Um, it was a commentator on MSNBC. It was a, la- a woman. She's not a lady. A lady wouldn't say the things she said. Um, but actually, she was calling for the burning down of the Republican Party and the burning down of the supporters that uh, supported Trump. And folks, that's me and you. Uh, so she wants to set us on fire or kill us, one of the two. Um, back uh, several years ago, Hillary Clinton said that she'd like to put people in happy camps, uh, giving us kind of a little bit of a clue that there are camps out there. Um, so, you know, we <laughs> it's going to happen eventually. Okay, now it could be that maybe Donald will get in this election. Um, he'll win in his court battles and the recount will happen. And, you know, they'll realize that he did win the the popular vote and the um, electoral votes. And uh, but uh, 2024 is going to come around and perhaps another Trump will run. Maybe it'll be Don Jr. And uh, maybe he'll win. Maybe he'll win two terms and then maybe Eric will win and win two terms. Who knows? You know, maybe it'll end with Donald Trump. But um, sooner or later, you're going to run out of righteous people to to take the office. (laughs) And when that happens, all hell's going to break loose. And when that happens, um, well, I just hope we're all ready. I really do. I hope that um, we we have accepted the fact that uh, uh, Jim and I once posed this question on opposing the matrix and uh, that's uh, you know what are we, what are we supposed to do when persecution comes <clears throat> now we know that there are some people that are going to fight they're going to say I'm not going to put up with this they're going to take the arms and they're going to fight those that are trying to, to kill us um, there's people that are going to head for the hills but are you going to tell me with the technology that they have nowadays that they're not going to find you out there? <laughs> you know, they they can they can read the expiration date on a license plate from 200,000 miles out in space. I think they'll be able to find a heat signature of you or me or anybody else living out in the wilderness. OK, so um, I once had a guy that called me a fool. And he said that, you know, oh, yeah, well, we're going to fight them. Well, we're going to be out. In the, I know how to live out in the woods and I know how to hunt. And I'm a, an outdoorsy kind of guy. And I'm, I'm going to fight them with everything I can. And I said, you really think that you're going to fight a 20th century or 21st century um, conflict with, with 20th century weapons and 20th century ideas? I don't think so. Um they probably have the technology to, to find you if you're 20 feet in a cave somewhere, you know, um, I, I have no doubt about it. And what about drones? Uh, they're pretty quiet. What about them flying around? They're going to find people out, out there. Um, there's going to be drones that are armed with weapons. Uh, yeah, they find out that a bunch of uh, people are hiding out in a cave. They're just going to send a cruise missile in there to take everybody out. You know, and then the third person is going to be the one that's going to sit here and just, you know, preach to uh, to the enemies, to the ones that come to take us away. You know, I, I remember um, Kent Hovind. Um, if you don't know who he is, they used to call him Dr. Dino. They may still call him that. He had a dinosaur adventure land down in uh, the panhandle of Florida somewhere. And uh, what happened was is uh, he had to move some money around in his ministry to cover certain expenses. And he wasn't doing anything illegal, but he knew that if you took uh, if you moved anything more than ten thousand dollars, that you get scrutinized by the government. You have to go in and answer all kinds of questions. And really, it's none of their business if it's ministry money and it's being used in the right manner, which it was. Um, So. Um, somebody had noticed that he was moving increments of like $9,500 around, you know, under the $10,000 limit. And um, he got reported and it got all blown out of proportion. Um, there was no thievery, no, 
no, he wasn't robbing anybody. He wasn't misappropriating funds or anything else. But uh, the judge was set against him down there. The whole police force was set against him because he didn't believe in paying taxes. Um, you know, he believed that the church is a separate entity. He believed in the separation of church and state that we always have thrown down our throats, right? And if there is a separation, then we should not be involved in paying taxes. Well, anyway, that's that's one theory. And that was uh, Ken Hovind's theory, and it, it holds water with me. But um, so anyway, they arrested him and his wife. His wife got a lighter sentence and got out after a couple of years, I think, for good behavior also. But he uh, spent an extensive time. I think he was in prison 10 years. My goodness, time goes by like quick. But anyway, um, he wrote a letter um, probably about three or four months after he got sentenced and, and was sent to prison. And he said, you know what? He says, every day we have Bible studies. And these guys are thirsty and they want to know about Jesus and they they want to know about the Bible and they want to know about salvation. They've never heard about it before. He said, you know, the devil put me in here uh, via the United States government, which at the time was probably um, an operating function of Satan. But um, anyway, he said, um, the government put me in here to do me harm. He says, I've had the best time in here. He says, I'm making all kinds of friends. People are getting saved left and right. And I think at the time he said that he led 60 people to the Lord. And uh, so he, he says, you know, what the devil meant for good, God is using for his uh, his glory. So. And that's what always happens when the devil throws us in prison and stuff like that. He uses us for his glory. The, the Lord does. And um, so anyway, um, to wrap things up, um, yes, it looks like uh, we're teetering on. We could go either way, actually, when it comes to uh, this country uh, going completely Nazi or communist. Uh, to me, there's not much of a difference. It's There's just uh, the, a little bit of... Uh, uh, operative uh, differences in the two. They, they both kill uh, believers and uh, people that they don't like in, in mass. They, um, they both hate Christians. They both hate Jews. Um, they both hate each other. <laughs> um, and they're both out They're They're power hungry and, um, and want um, ultimate power. And uh, so whether you want to compare the Democrats to uh, National Socialists or, you know, being Nazis or you want to compare it to communists, it's really the same difference. I get a kick out of Antifa because they're, they call themselves anti-fascists, but they, they play by the rule book of the fascists, you know, uh, breaking store windows, uh, creating terror, uh, putting fear in um, young and old people alike, um, beating up people that they just don't like the looks of, um, the whole nine yards. You know, it's the same thing that the brown shirts did, the same things that the uh, the Nazi youth did, the same thing that the communists did when they took over an area. You know, it's uh, there's no difference. It's the same difference. And... Uh, so, yeah, to call yourself anti-fascist, but take on all the characteristics of fascists, I think it's one of the big, hip, biggest hypocritical um, things that I've ever seen in my entire life. So, uh, yes, we are heading towards 1930s Nazi Germany, and uh, whether we go there or not has to do with uh, what, what happens with this court, uh, all these court things that are going to happen with Donald Trump. Um, ultimately, it's going to go to the Supreme Court. And um, hopefully they'll find in his favor um, if these states were smart. Oh, I, what we mentioned um, last night, Eric and I, <laughs> and, uh, you know, we have speculated on this show before that Trump might have something to uh, something to do with uh, some sort of time travel um, because well, let me give you an ev evidence for today. 
today everybody, me, a whole bunch of people, we're all kind of on edge because of what's going on, you know, and, and Trump's down playing golf in Mar Largo. And, you know, if anybody's supposed to be concerned about stuff, you'd think it would be him, you know, sitting in the Oval Office. What am I going to do? How am I going to do it? But he's down playing golf. That tells me that the guy knows what's going on. He knows uh, with some kind of certainty and surety that he's going to come out a winner in this. And so he's not worried about it. And that being the case, um, we shouldn't be worried about it either. But, um, you know, why is he so at ease? You know, does and the only thing that makes sense to me well, you know, he, he's got a faith in Yeshua, of course, so that might have something to do with it. But still, even with a faith in Yeshua, you still worry. You know, we were still in this flesh, this mortal coil. And, um, you know, we're still governed by worry and fear and everything else. But if you've been to the future and you've seen it and you know how to manipulate the present so that the future happens, um, you you have no worries. It's um, it kind of reminds me in a way. Now, I'm not trying to put Donald Trump on par with Yeshua. But Yeshua, I do believe, was comforted in knowing that what he was going to do by hanging on the cross. First of all, he was going to come off that cross. Second of all, he knew he was going to raise on the third day. And third, he knew that nothing like this could ever happen to him again for the rest of eternity. And. Fourth, he knew he was doing it for his friends, and that includes me and you, if you're a believer. Um, God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that through his son the world might be saved. Okay. Um, He knew he had a mission. He knew that it was a good mission. He knew that what the outcome was going to be. He knew his father was going to take care of him. Um, and so he could go into the uh, the crucifixion event and uh, all the scourging and all the punishment and everything that's um, told us to us in Isaiah 53 and in the Gospels. He could go into that uh, with a reasonable surety that... Um, and, and a very strong faith that, uh, yes, it was going to hurt for a little while and it was going to be um, torturous for a little while and very, very painful on the cross uh, unto death. But he knew that he was going to rise again and that uh, his rising would be victorious and that he would defeat sin and death and he would defeat, defeat Satan. So uh, he had so many things going for him. And that's what we have, too. Okay, we have that going for us, too. Um, we have the promise of the the blessed hope, the rapture, uh, the, the pulling away, whether we're dead or whether we're alive. He's someday going to shout out. And if we're dead, our bodies are going to rise out of the ground. And if we're alive, we're going to go up to meet the dead that have risen up in the air. And, uh, and it says, and together we'll be with the Lord. And we're going to have a big feast that day, uh, the, the, the wedding feast of the Lamb, because we are his bride. And uh, and we're going to live eternally pain-free and, and free of all this uh, garbage that happens in our bodies and in this society and everything else. Um, it says that we'll judge angels. He calls us kings and priests. Right now you're a king and priest. Okay, so while you're paying a tithe to a church, I have no idea. Because tithes were paid to priests. And if you're a priest, why are you paying another priest? Anyway, we, we could go into that. Maybe we will on another show. But um, anyway, um, I hope you got something out of tonight. And uh, you realize that uh, we're closer to the end than we ever have been before. Uh, the end is going to be much like Nazi Germany was, only with a lot of uh, theatrics and a lot of uh, technology thrown in. Um, so we're getting closer and closer to that every day. And so when you see these things, be happy. Um, Yeshua said that when you see these things coming, look up for your redemption draweth nigh. And look up means, yes, look up into the sky, but also look up at him and know that 
he's coming to get you soon, so no matter what happens, um, whether you're supposed to die to glorify him or to live and to be joined with him in heaven at a later time, um, that your your um, future and my future are both written and have been written since before the beginning of time and that there's nothing that can prevent that from happening. Okay? Nothing can prevent it from happening. It's already written. Okay? The only one that can understand that is Satan. Because um, he's crazy. He's insane. He can't understand it. But uh, we know it. And we have faith in it. And that's what faith is all about. The belief in things unseen and the evidence of things hoped for. Okay? So with all those things having been said and with me getting, you know, quite a bit tired, um, seeing that it's 20 after one in the morning and I really want to get up to bed, um, I'm going to go ahead and shut this show off and I'll go ahead and load it up tomorrow up to Podbean and up to other places. And uh, I just pray that you guys have a blessed rest of the weekend. Remember that uh, Brian and I will be on tomorrow night at 6.30, or excuse me, tonight at 6.30, it's Sunday night, and that all three of us will be on Monday along with uh, Russ Tanner and Laura Clement uh, with our our Chemtrail show. So I just want to thank you guys for being a faithful audience, for your love and your your dedication. And when I look at the stats and I see that, you know, that we've had 300 downloads a month or or whatever, and that people are reaching our show from a, probably about 40 different venues. Um, that just blesses me to no end. And even if just one person listens, it's worth it, you know, because it's meant you're the one that's meant to listen if you're that one person. Um, so anyway, the Lord bless you, keep you, make his face to shine upon you, be gracious unto you. May he give you peace. Shalom, that is. And um, if you're going to church later today, have a wonderful day at church. And, um, well, we'll talk to you tomorrow night or on Monday or the next time we all meet. Okay? God bless. Good night.